which means that Sybil did the history. I'm so stoked to see what happens this episode. Uh, honestly, this one is going to be pretty quick because most of the things that occur around the band Rufio are going to happen after this, but we have confirmed they will be on our list for a second album later. Rufio will be back. Da-da, da-da, da-da-da. Oh, no, you can't do James Bond for that anymore. Now that's just become a thing Marvel stole. Did they buy James Bond, too? No, just all of their movies end with so-and-so will return. Oh, okay. Anyhow, Rufio was a band that was formed in Rancho Cucamonga, California in 2000. They had an album prior to this, perhaps, I suppose... Which is of no use to us, although it does have tracks like Dipshit, and it is going to be, according to the leader of the band, Scott Sellers, the thing that started them on a path to being constantly classified as a Christian rock act. Uh, we did actually find a podcast that was interviewing Sellers in the modern day about his time with Rufio and his 7,000 side projects since they split, and he says that yes... It's very strange to him that they always got pigeonholed as a Christian band, even though he did a tour with MXPX and Reliant K, or the fact that a lot of their lyrics sound like something that's just one line off from quoting a psalm at you. This is the kind of music that if they had zero relationship with that scene, I will not think of the, their lyrics as religious. But once you're like, these people toured with Reliant K, I'm like, is this about Jesus? Like, every song. Every song is like, is this about Jesus? And there's never a clear answer on that, but like, maybe. <laughs> According to Sellers, he was not religious, but most of the rest of the band was more so. Uh, it came up as friction when they were recording, perhaps, I suppose, but they reached an equilibrium by the time of this week's episode, which was 1984. Or 1985, I'm sorry. Uh, the I, I love how most of the quotes you shared for, with me about the, the stuff have this big vibe of, like, I just got isekai into a Christian rock band. What do I do? <laughs> well, it's very interesting, because the host of that podcast brings up a lot of reasoning as to why that happened and he said like yeah the liner notes on i believe it's their next album the comfort of home it's like 
Yeah, uh, everyone in the liner notes is thanking God except you, pointedly, he says to Sellers. <laughs> and all Sellers says is, I am surprised you picked up on that much. You really did your research. To which the guy responded, I am a podcaster. We are all kind of freaks. Mm. <laughs> Question. It's, uh, you get hit by the isekai track. And you wake up, and it's 2002, and you're the lead singer from Reliant K. What do you do? Aw, oh, damn, I shouldn't have smoked that shit. Now I'm touring churches with Reliant K. But also, if I'm put into that situation, uh, I am definitely going to see just how stealth queer I can make everything from behind the scenes. Like, I, I presume if I get put into the body of someone who already exists in our world, it means that I'm being told Quantum Leap style to make it weird. Is that the plot of Quantum Leap? I never watched Quantum Leap. I vaguely know of it. Scott Bakula jumped into random bodies throughout time and space, and usually it was just random people living lives. But then by later seasons, they broke their rule about it can never be anyone famous, so he had to be Lee Harvey Oswald for an episode. Or, um, the very infamous one where he looks in a mirror and sees that he is a disabled child. Or, yeah, it got weird by the end. Was he explicitly told to make it weird? Was that his mission? No, no okay. his mission was to help change things for the better. But, okay. yeah. So you won't, you won't do that if you get isekai into the guy from Reliant K? I mean, I also don't know how much power I have to make things better without just, like... What do you do shy of disbanding the band because they're not really one of the hateful christian groups they're just weird no no they're not they're not the reliant k are just fucking darks they're not even like dangerous <laughs> yeah so yeah i want to get weird with it oh yeah do you participate in the writing of their book yes anyhow please continue with the story of Rufia. so yeah uh the Original members of the band, John Barry on bass, Scott Sellers on vocals, Mike Jimenez and Clark Dome on I Don't Have Them Written Down is what they do because they continue to change roles a lot, all end up playing groups together, and then they take their name from the character Rufio, leader of the Lost Boys in the film Hook. So yeah, we start off with a reference to a failed movie that... I'll be honest, maybe in 2000 people would still remember that. I don't think a lot of people these days are going to go, Oh, Rufio, from that one movie. I feel like you're more likely to have someone go, Oh, Rufio, that's a Homestuck, right? I don't know what Homestuck is, but sure. You definitely do. You know Adam. I mean, Adam once showed me a musical episode of Homestuck that had no dialogue in it and was a video, and that is literally the only thing of Homestuck that I've ever experienced. I have no idea what happened in the thing. I think it was like season four or whatever. Good news, now you can no longer do that since it was all made in Flash. Fair. Anyway. Sorry, I just received my, my endocrinologist like note for the my change of name, which would happen in like a year uh, or whatever, when whenever I get to see the judge. So I was sort of like going through it. Uh, I don't know why she sent it to me on a, on a Sunday evening. Uh, but, you know, 
You do you, endocrinologist. Look, she got drunk and she wrote it while she was watching a game of footy, okay? <laughs> Look, it is really funny during like a year I will have to go to a judge and be like, Ooh, Mr. Judge, can I please cut my bulbs off? I mean, I have to do the same thing. It's just, first I have to do the name change part. Do you do you also have to go to a judge to get your bulbs cut off in America? Uh, depends on the state. Okay, fair enough. So fucking weird. Yep. There's a lot more judges involved in this whole process. Isn't that strange? Yeah, yeah. It's like an Ace Attorney. Okay, Ace Attorney, but you're just judging if people need to cut their balls off. That, that's my idea for a game. Honestly, that seems like an actual Ace Attorney case. <laughs> no, no, it's like, imagine like a smallest uh, paper please version of Ace Attorney when it's just about ball cutting. Just about that. I'm now trying to imagine what the dude who has the fa- the obviously fake passport would be in this scenario. <laughs> uh, I don't think we can make we can uh, create that character without getting extremely transphobic. Which, to be fair, we are allowed to, uh, but we don't want to go there. We probably shouldn't. We shouldn't. <laughs> I have, <laughs> Do you have no anything idea. else to say about Rufio. <laughs> I was gonna say it's most of the stuff that's interesting comes after this, but yes. Perhaps, I suppose, is recorded on the Militia Group, and then in 2001, just after the Towers fall, the band signs to Nitro Records, which is a sign that Bush was in on Rufio. So, the band starts supporting all of the pop-punk all-stars. They will be on the Ataris tour. They will put out an EP, and then they will go to the Warp tour. They will go around the U.S. with less than Jake. And... At this point, we have 1985, or MCMLXXXV, for those of you who are being very, very Roman today, released, and that's the record we're going to discuss. Not to be confused with the Bowling of Soup song, which was not yet released at this point. Oh, there's a lot of tracks on this record which are not quite released at this point. 1985. Also, some joke by saying that 1985 is one year higher than 1984, which means it's more dystopic. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, this, is, this is an okay record. I don't think this is bad, but there is not a lot to say about it, so I'm just trying to find anything, anything I can hang on to. Go for goofs, but in the meantime, you're on a timer, because this is Countdown. Final countdown, I will note, but it is a countdown. It is the, the initial, initial countdown. The initial countdown. Thank you. Uh, let me grab my nose. So they, I, I don't hate their sound. Well, well, uh, I don't. 
They are basically a slightly harder uh, Newfound Glory, which I can appreciate. Yeah, that's a that's a good description. They are going punky overall. There's only a couple of slow tracks on this album. But it's not hard. It's just fast. And in fact, a lot of the messages on this album are very, hey, cheer up. Yeah. Jesus? Question <laughs> mark? They are, I don't know. I feel they're trying to be deep. But they have a lot of very awkward lyrics we will get to as we get through this album. Um, <laughs> I think whoever is writing the song is probably not a bad lyricist, but is a fairly young lyricist. So while some of the things work, other things are just very awkward and are sort of funny. Um, but not in a not in a hateful way, not in a, you know, you're terrible way, just in a... This dude was, was, what, like, 20, probably, when he wrote these songs, and, like, it shows. There are credits as to how many people wrote the songs, but I could not find individual track listings to who wrote it, because there are multiple credits where Scott Sellers has lyrics by and John Barry, the bassist, has lyrics by. Yeah, I imagined a lot of the lyrics were Scott Sellers. It, it's definitely a question mark, because in that interview podcast, he did say that John Barry is the one who wrote a lot of the really churchy stuff on the initial mm, record. Fair enough. Fair enough. Anyhow, yeah, this is like a very newfound glory. It has the, you know, that sort of hard drums going... This is a, a proper impression of those drums. Um... The lyrics, again, are, are even more word salady than Newfound Glory, especially on this track. Like, this track means nothing. This track is devoid of all meaning. But, you know, it's uh, sort of listenable. And I appreciate that everyone is pounding their instruments really hard, but, like, in a straight way. Um, yeah. What's the gay way to pound your instruments? With, with a lot of flair, like Queen did it. Oh, okay, that actually makes a lot of sense. Never mind. Uh, the vocal, the vo I'm sorry for Peter Sellers. He seems like an okay dude. His 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 vocals are terrible on this record. You mean Scott he, Sellers? Whatever, whatever. I don't don't expect me to remember his name. Um, he just has a he's a void of charisma on the vocals of this record. It's weak. Has a very weak voice. The mixing like overwhelms him. Over overwhelms him constantly. And he's incredibly flat vocally. He makes all of the songs on this record worse. Which, again, he doesn't seem like a bad dude. I feel a bit bad saying this, but he just doesn't work for me as a vocalist on this on this song and on this record in general. His vocals are all right, but I respected him more before listening to that interview where he comes off with a lot of Easter egg vibes, which is what it means when you're... Uh... <laughs> Just on the verge of cracking into being a born-again Christian, but not quite there, because it's not cool enough. Fair enough. Uh, there's a very anime opening riff in this, uh, in this song. It's like, yeah, this is the moment where like all of the cast of the, of the anime runs horizontally towards the horizon. Um, yeah, the chorus sucks. Some of their choruses are, are right. They're all very short. Uh, which, again, I, it's not bad. A lot of this sounds very... I don't know what the word in English is for something that is not ripe. Uh, 
underripe. Yeah, okay. We we have a specific word that is just not a construct word in Italy because we're a real language and not whatever English is, but you know, you do you. Um but yeah, it it feels like a very underripe record. It feels like they still have a lot of to learn in terms of songwriting and a lot of stuff, but it's not bad. A lot of the flaws that I can see in this, like the choruses are sort of underwhelming, are very, you know, we're still learning how to how to be a band. Some of the choruses are more than underwhelming. They're just bad, but... Yeah, yeah. I for what it's that. worth, I, I have a bottom three on this record. It's very easy, and two of them are just bland tracks. Only one thing, barring the bonus tracks, made me actually go, ugh. Oh, yeah, I don't, I haven't, well, I have listened to the bonus track, but I don't have any notes on it. But uh, they do a cover of Madonna's Like a Prayer, and it's very bad. <laughs> it's really, really bad. Until he opens his mouth on that track, it feels like Stained trying to do a cover of Madonna. Ooh, I don't, I don't like that idea. <laughs> and then the problem is, once he does open his mouth, his vocals are worse than ever, and... He makes some of the lines sound sleazy, like Leisure Suit Larry is singing them to you. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I feel, I feel if they actually sounded sleazy, at least that song would have a personality. I think it just sounds like shit. I think it's just like really badly mixed, and its vocals do nothing for me. Um, like a prayer is a good song. The original. Yeah. No, we'll agree with you. It's the first time I've listened to Madonna for this podcast and come away happy. I would like to introduce our listeners to what happened when you found out that uh, that song, in that you completely forgot that Like a Prayer was a Madonna song. You just started complaining about it on the Discord, posted the lyrics, and I was like, Sable, that's, that, they're covering Madonna. That's a Madonna song. So, Look, this is what I have to work with. People who don't remember the lyrics to Like a Prayer. Since the 80s, and I haven't heard a Madonna album <laughs> in many years. I wasn't even alive in the 80s and I know Like a Prayer. I'm sorry I forgot the chorus, especially when it was coming out of the most nasally Scott Sellers impression on the planet. I didn't even have to listen to the song. You just posted the lyrics and I was like... That is like a prayer. Just played in my brain when reading the lyrics, but okay. I'm not owned. I'm not owned. I sing as I start shrinking down (laughs) into a random EP from 84. (laughs) But yeah. Let's go on to White Lights. And I stand by it as the opening reminds me of Fallout Boy cover of Beated, but it's better. Mine is This Is Not The Gorilla Song. I guess that came a year later. Fair enough. It's not even bl- Blinding Lights by The Weeknd, which came a lot later. Oh, man. Can you imagine this crew covering The Weeknd? That would be great. 
<laughs> no, I can't. I can't. Uh, but no, they're fine. Like, uh, they have almost a post-hardcore vibe, but very watered down. And this is like a sort of fun post-hardcore-ish emo song. Um, I don't know, it's fine. Um, there are some awkward lyrics here, like, I can see what's on your mind, all I know you're bored again. In existence you will find why you're alive? What? What do you mean in ex existence is everything? How it, That doesn't make sense, dude, but, you know. Well, no, again. The, the next bit after that is definitely asking if you're going to heaven, because time is wasted and gone, life is passing on again. The white light's leading you on, is this the end? No, I have no idea how this band constantly gets mistook for a Christian band. Yeah, and I'm just saying, this lyrics clearly wanted to say, in God you will find why you're alive, but they chickened out, so they wrote, in existence you will find why you're alive, and that just doesn't make sense as a sentence. Yeah, it's definitely the thing where I wonder if the the bassist or other members of the band were trying to get more Jesus-y in this, and Scott was just like, dude, I don't know what that means. <laughs> because it feels very muddled. It's on the verge of Christian rock in a lot of places, but it never cinches the landing. It never takes that sandaled step forward. So as a it's, result... It's more like... It's more like, is this about Jesus? Rather than, this is about Jesus. Yeah, there's definitely, is this about Jesus? And here's the thing. There's no real edge to this album. But also, these are people who seem to be adults writing songs that are aiming higher than just 14-year-old bait. So, mm -hmm. this is a positive album that is, uh, let's say, B-minus tier. Uh, C+. Plus. I think you like it more than I do. I think we'll get into this. I think the production on this really kills it. I really don't like the production. The sound is super muddled. This sounds like, you know, a garage, like, sort of like... My, my, what I said before was, this sounds like they recorded it on a water-damaged 3DS. Uh, but yeah, this sounds like they're sort of like, you know, a DIY band playing songs that are very much not made for that kind of production. I think the production really kills this record for me. Uh, the songs, like, everything is okay without the, like, if the production was better and if the vocalist was better, this probably would be like a 3 out of 5 record for me. But this is teetering between 2 and 2.5, just because the, the, the vocals are really boring and they really make the songs worse for me. And the production is just, like, the production is the worst. Everything just sort of muddles together into, like, this noisy sludge that just covers up, like, the guitars are always on top. And I like the guitars, but they're not even, like, mixed well. Like, they're always on top and they sound loud and not great. So, <clears throat> I cannot like this too much. I don't hate it, but I cannot like this too much. I wish I could like this more. Uh, spoilers, this is a 3 to 3.5 for me, so I'm I'm pretty okay with it. It's not... It's not a recommend, but it's not something where if somebody tells me, Hey, how was that Rufio album? I'm not going to warn them off. I'm just going to be like, it's alright. Of course the person who was almost a priest likes the Christian rock record. Yeah. Yeah, it turns out I do. Because what you have to remember is, like the crisp rat, I have a special personal relationship with God. I'm not that Christian. 
So how about we talk about something that all trans people love, science fiction. So the guitar just does whatever on the song. The guitar is just like, I'm gonna play my song and the vocalist is gonna sing his song and we're not gonna talk about it. Uh, this is a very, <laughs> this is a very pandemic kind of a song that they're in two separate rooms doing their own thing and then we mix them together. Uh, the chorus is super fucking cheesy. The chorus is one of the cheesiest thing on this record, but I don't actually hate it. So here's the thing. I took this one to be kind of a counterexample to them sounding like a Christian band, because they're saying things like, hey, no, actually, you're pretty cool. It's not, well, you're great, but Jesus is better. It's, no, you're, you're pretty sick. Don't try being someone else. Be you. Stop pretending that you have to be a movie star. Stop doing whatever. You're better than you can think, and you can just let yourself see that. Oh yeah, no, I like it. I, I I don't dislike it. It is a sort of uh, again, it is a sort of cheesy message and cheesy melody on the chorus and cheesy lyrics, but like not in a bad way. Um, I I don't mean incredibly cheesy in a bad way. It's just like this is a, <laughs> this is a bit too much, but like that's cool. Look, we both like they might be giants. We can have cheese. Also, a song brought to mind that what this band really reminds me of. Do you remember Strung Out? Yes, yes, I do. I did re-listen to some of their tracks. Uh, like this, you asked. this sound like a not as good strung out and not as edgy strung out. <laughs> they have the heavier stuff. They have the cheesy skate punk choruses surrounded by really hard hitting choruses with hard guitars and drums. But none of this song goes uh, go as hard as anything on that strung out record. Which, by the way. I really like, and I still re-listen to it in my free time. I really enjoyed the record. Um, yeah, this is sort of like, what if Strung Out was recorded in a basement and not as good at songwriting and didn't sing about having sex with razor blades? What if Strung Out wasn't actually strung out on anything hard, but like, just needed more sugar, man? <laughs> exactly. Go go go! Li go listen to uh, what, what's the name of the record? Strung of the strung up record. Um. Strung out to me, oh yeah! Strung out with me tonight. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill you, Phil. <laughs> an American paradox. That was the strung out yeah. album we covered. Yeah, just go listen to an American paradox. That record is excellent, and uh, yeah, it's better. It is better than this record. Why, why, why wait to go listen to it, <laughs> which is the next song, whatever.
I initially I thought this was just a um, newfound glory uh, rerun, but actually, you know what this really reminds me of? Mm-hmm. This is uh, Saturday by Fallout Boy, which we talked about it like a couple of months ago. Like this is literally the song. Two more weeks, my foot is in the door, and so on and so on. It's literally that song. It's just that song. This is the first one where I could not make heads or tails of the lyric. I tried parsing out some of these sentences, trying to figure out what the point they're going for is. Uh, oh, this is... Didn't you have the same... Countdown was the first time I couldn't just make sense of any of the lyrics, but okay. Well, see, prior to this, I could just go, oh, yeah, it's it's generic, kind of uplifting. Hey, it's a positive message. This one, I was starting to go, wait, what? It's mixed. It's not all sunshine and roses, but I don't know if they're ragging on you? It's weird. So, growing old and living for the moment, you're searching for something you cannot find. The truth inside will reveal all that you're living for. But then one bit later, why wait for you to come home? Why search for answers to nothing? Don't come back crying for help. Why wait for life to come? So, at best, I've got you have to go out and do things, but also you need to look inside to figure this out, but don't wait too long. Go do things. Yeah, I sort of gave up trying to figure out what they're on about, I'll be honest, most of the time. And this one's... It, it's... I was just unsure where it went. Also, there's a bit in the middle of the track where they reverse the song to that point, and this is the only one that sounded like it had a producer on it as a result. So yeah, this... I'm still very interested in where this record is going at this point, and uh, yeah, having fun. That also means there is a turn coming. <laughs> oh no, Rufio Hilter. Yes. That's Rufio with the steel chair. Oh my god, it's Rufio with the wind chimes! Ah, <laughs> uh, let's go to We Exist. Which is a very bold statement there. Somehow, this is not the Arcade Fire song from ten years later, which obligatory trans song, trans song. Okay, I don't, I don't know much about Arcade Fire. It's one of the those bands that like, I always, I always like whenever I listen to some by them, I always like liked it, but I never quite got into them and like listened to full records. Um, the video is Spider-Man getting all dolled up on Femme and going out around town, and then they recorded him wandering through the crowd at one of their shows, and it's it's a pretty good video. Okay. Uh, the, the guitar is very squeaky at the beginning of this. 
I wrote two like whole seconds of prog sound at the start, so... Yeah. <laughs> Different takes on that. Fair enough. But uh, yeah. This is, this is where I really started feeling the mix. Like, I like, the, I like a lot of what the guitar is doing. It's like it has that squeaky sound and then it goes harder. But it's just like mixed to hell. The, vi- the voice does not come true at all. And it's... <laughs> It feels like they're trying to cover up the vocals with the mix, which I get it. Your singer is not great, but it's worse if you just drown him in noise. <laughs> the song itself is okay. It's a decently written song in terms of melody and shit. This is the one that first had me re-looking and re-litigating the Christian band thing, because we're starting to have some very, you're living for the material realm? What a square vibes to him. Fair enough. Uh, I can't deny that I'm so torn up in my mind, knowing we exist from something so unknown. Trying hard to live, I can't live on my own. Broken wings and burden, and still too far to see. You're living undercover, and all for what? To save your own life? Say, like, huh. There are plenty of bands who are that message without the religion, you know? So the next track is called Follow Me. This was by, okay, they have to be a Christian band arc, and this is where I stopped the record and listened to that podcast. And it's like, alright. I I can understand how you have this problem with messaging. If this is what you're going through, where everyone in the band is a harder core Christian than you are, but also I don't know what your collaboration was on the songwriting, but some of you were clearly coming into this with a goal in mind. Also, uh, at some point the song says, I must go, so my first note was, I must go, my planet needs me. Note, Rufio died on their way back to their planet. That's okay, you're just supposed to follow them home. Uh, musically, I like this. It's like an anthemic ballad with a guitar going in the background, which is neat. I do like the break between the choruses. Let me let me find it because it has this very particular rhythm to it. Yeah, it's like da 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 da, which I, I think is like a very clever melody where where it's put in, and it's like it sounds very good. I really love that break in the middle. It is very much the most Christian song in this. But maybe that's not bad. Maybe that's what they wanted to do. And for a lot of time, they just get stuck in between. It's like a very, again, yeah, anthemic ballad with this harder edge. And if this has a better, if this had a better singer, I think it would be a pretty good song. They have a lot of good ideas on this song of what to do with the guitar and the melody. They just don't have a singer that can really deliver that shit. It's still keeping things up because I'm juggling the lyrics in my head while I'm listening to it going, huh? And in the back half, I can't do that so much. Fair enough. 
And then we go to uh, control. Rufio starts just flinging things around the train station with their mind in combat. Yeah, exactly. And playing a riff that's really bad, but it's different from what everything everything else that's on the record, so that's good at least. Um, yeah, this one is distinct. It's the longest song on the album. It's very bad. I said that it's almost Nickelbackish, which is not a compliment, but it's different. I, I did put down this is the most alt-rock song on the record, which is probably why it's one of my favorites. Oh, fair enough. I really dislike it. I think this is like follow me, but worse. Uh, also, just to explain my comment, because we didn't discuss it, the cover to this album is a photo of a woman at a train station that has been doodled on in a few ways, with like a dinosaur and some penguins and things drawn around it. It's nice. It, it looks like the cover of a zine that you would have bought. The cover of what? Oh, a, a zine. zine. Yeah. I, do you know a thing? I actually haven't... I I don't know what a zine actually is. I just realized... I see people publishing zines, and I check them out sometimes, but I don't know what zine actually means. Like, what is the theoretical, like, definition of a zine? Because everything that I've seen that's been described as a zine has been wildly different from everything else that I've seen that's been described as a zine, so I don't have a cultural framework to define what a zine is. What I'm saying is that I am going to partner with Matt Walsh and make a documentary called What is a Zine? I'm not going to do that. That's a that's a definite <laughs> in-joke that I think some of the straighter listeners to our podcast will be confused by. Yes, don't... Matt Walsh is a very bad person. Just going to put this as a disclaimer. I'm not being serious. <laughs> well, I also didn't think you were being serious because he would in no way extend a hand to you. Oh, Absolutely. I can be the next Blair White. I can be the next right-wing transfer. Oof. <laughs> I think Caitlyn Jenner is still the only one of those. <laughs> so, I mean, no, I am no way passing enough to be the next Blair White. I look like a fucking yeti. You do From not. WCW. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, hey, Ellie. It's the week that that happened. How do you feel about Vince being gone? Oh, we need to talk about that. <laughs> a lot of the people at the company have said they don't know what he'll do with his life because the company was it. He doesn't have any hobbies. I I love this. I On one hand, it's a fucking horrible person that sexually assaulted people in the company for years. And I'm really glad that it's gone. On the other hand, imagine Vince and Shane getting uh, coming to AEW as a tag team. Imagine that happening. I mean, the thing that has me is, what is the rest of this story going to be? Because 
He already went on TV and basically gave the middle finger to allegations of, yeah, I paid off some girls I fucked, what of it? What has him so spooked he had to run and hide on a Friday? So, like, what happened? He went on TV, said that, like, he is WWE and they're all going to be together, and without him there's no WWE. A week later, he had the one... <laughs> He had Titus O'Neil, which is basically their PR guy who does all of the charity shit, go on TV and just randomly talk about how WWE is never divisive and it helps people in harsh time. And the week after, he yeeted himself out of the company. So I don't know what the fuck is going to happen. This is going to be wild. Um, Maybe WWE is going to be watchable again with uh, Stephanie and Triple H uh, handing, handling a lot of stuff. Oh, no, Maybe. Triple H isn't there. He also left. He's It's just Stephanie oh, no, and no, Tony no, no. Khan. He, he's, he's, uh, apparently there's rumors that he's back in like, the creative uh, team. Either way, we're, we're still in a long ways from a fix. But Also, Nick Khan, not Tony Khan. Tony Khan is the AW guy. God damn They're it, not I related. always mix those two up because, yeah, two cons in wrestling. Yes. Um, I don't know. I'm going to keep my, uh, well, I'm going to keep my ear open to whatever the fuck happens in the wild Vince McMahon case because, like, finally he's getting a, a, a minimum amount of combatants for being, like, the biggest piece of shit on the universe ever. Um, But also, like, maybe WWE is going to be watchable. I mean, it'll take years. You've got to get all the people who have Vince brainworms out of the company first. That, that is fair. I just want to see Kevin Owens and Asuka. They're the coolest wrestlers, and they've been stuck in WWE land forever, and I, I want to see them do cool stuff. Asuka is so cool. That's true. Asuka is the coolest fucking-looking wrestler ever. Anyway, the thing that really kills me is the fact that if one of the rumors about why he's so scared is true, we have to wait a month to find out. What's the rumor? Um, two people were asking around about the company. One is the Wall Street Journal, which, okay, that makes sense. The other is apparently allegedly Real Sports on HBO is doing a story on them next month. But they're a monthly show. Oh, okay. What do you think they have uncovered? <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. We've known uh, on the record with documents about harassment... We've known the he covered scandal, up a like they they won, but still, like we, we know he covered up <clears throat> a murder. We know about the Ring Boy stuff. What do they have that is worse than any of the stuff we knew? Yeah, it's 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 amazing. Um, like we're talking, we've got photos of him on Epstein Island. Bad. What is it? Uh, I guess we'll find out soon. Do you think uh, WWE is going to be sold by Disney eventually? So to See, Disney. that's the other rumor is that they've been trying to sell to Disney. Yeah, they have been trying to sell it for years at this point. Do you think without Vince, they will accept a lower price and actually sell it? Because what I what the rumor said is that so far they were mainly blocked by the fact that they couldn't get the price that they wanted. Do you think that with Vince out, we will have WWE in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, finally? Batista tries to get out and they pull him back in. <laughs> He's the Jeff Green of, uh, I don't know, wrestling. 
also Brock Lesnar apparently said that without Vince he's out and like good riddance dude <laughs> like fuck off anyway yeah control uh, yeah control that's, that's fine yep one of the longest songs one of the most alt rock tracks this is a sign that they can do slower well and it's the longest song and I wasn't mad that's it uh, I don't like the song but you know whatever uh, set it off No, is decency first? No, set it off first. Yeah, set it off comes first, but okay, I see you had the same issue I did where set it off almost plays immediately into decency in a way that makes them hard to distinguish from each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, set, set it off is fine. It's like, again, very new from glory, slightly, slightly hard edge, bad production. I like the guitar going in that muted way. I think it gives it like a, it makes it a bit harder sounding. Uh, and the pre-chorus is very melodic, unlike a lot of stuff on this record. Like, it's a slower chorus. Um, the, pre- is the pre-chorus is slows it down and goes into a very melodic crowd. No, no, good shit. It's a very coherent song, which is not a thing that I can say on most of the songs of this record. It's a very coherently written song, very standard songwriting, but maybe one of the best ones, just in terms of this seems like the best written song, even if it's not stellar. This is just like a solid song. It's a bit flatter than a lot of the rest of the record, but also I think that might be tied to how it seems like it's of a companion piece to the next track. And again, they play into each other almost like a second of skip, so you could be forgiven for imagining that it's just a midpoint in the one. But Set It Off goes into decency, and they're very middle-of-the-road meh tracks. I like decency less just because I think the chorus is terrible. It has a very weak chorus. It has the line, my mode has decayed, which I found, I don't know, really funny for some reason. It's one of those really weird lines that sometimes pop up. Uh, and it has a solo, which like, eh, I don't, I'm not a big fan of solos in punk. I think the point of punk is to be fast and get in and out, and the solo is just like, I don't know, filler, generally. My mode... I don't don't like decency. Go on. My mode has decayed feels like someone was trying to write a line, but a lot of people started arguing over what the end of the sentence should be, and then three thesauruses later, this is what we came up with. I'm trapped inside my mind. My mode has decayed. Sometimes I feel like I'm holding on to something. Yeah, that whole sentence is very (laughs) you Markov chained a song. I'm holding off to sometimes I feel like I'm holding off to something. It's just amazing because of how generic it is. Like, if you're a songwriter, you would write, sometimes I feel like I'm holding on to you. Sometimes I feel like I'm holding on to this or this. Sometimes I feel like I'm holding on to, I don't know, something. 
Sometimes my hands just do things. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Jerry Seinfeld now. I'm writing pop punk. That's how I'm going to get the kids back. Uh, the next track is the second worst on the album for me. It's Pirate. This is terrible. They have a pirate guitar on this. They have like a pirate song guitar. So, here's the issue. Pirate could be at least interesting. Because you hear that name and it's like, okay... Where, where's this going? Where is Pirate going? This is a generic there's nothing good on the radio music is too corporate anthem. No, no. So, I still think this would have been interesting. So, this is a really mediocre song. It's a radio sax song. I generally like radio sax song, but it has a pirate riff, so <laughs> just silly. Um, They should have made this song about piracy. There should have been this song about Radio Sax, but you can go on Napster and pirate all of the good shit. But they were too cowards to do it. Like, they hinted it in the name of the song, and they do the pirate music, but they don't talk about it. It's like, okay, you're going, you're hinting at that, just go full-fledged, just be a pro-piracy band. That would be incredibly cool. But they don't even do that. Also, this led me to think about uh, a really important question, and I will ask you, Sybil, since you're very fledged in uh, Catholicism. Is piracy a sin? Not if you get an exemption. Much like a crusade, piracy can be in God's favor, depending on who you are stealing or harassing from. Fair enough. In fact, pirates were actually used as assistants. Oh, no, I mean, in, I mean yeah. sorry, I mean digital piracy. <laughs> Oh, um, I feel like the current Catholicism doctrine would be that is theft. However, it is a much more minor theft. Hmm. I'm trying if to actually... We, if, we, if we put it in the context of when the Bible was written, theft was considered taking something from someone. This does not happen in piracy. Yeah, but I'm also thinking that the galaxy-brained take would be that whereas sometimes theft for survival is one thing in an unjust system, there's very little way to say that you require music or movies, etc., A lot of the, you know, I don't know much about Christianity, but a lot of the commandments are about harm. And piracy do not actually harm anyone. There's no harm done in piracy. You're taking something for free, which is a problem for the legal system. Hmm. But it does not seem like it should be like a problem from like a moral system, right? 
I think Copy, co- I don't think that copyright is like protected by religion. Is what I'm saying. When you pirate, but, you're not really stealing. You're going against copyright. I'm trying to think of how to phrase this. I think everyone who is a higher up that could answer that question of doctrine is too old to make that distinction. They will hear it as you took music, not no physical item was moved. Fair enough. Fair enough. That is why uh, I, I I am not uh, uh, a religion person. Piracy is cool. Piracy is praxis. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not against. It's just one of those things that this irritates me because the song is talking. Oh no, about... the song is bad. The song piracy is bad because well, no, they no, no, should no. have gone full like go me... Napster. But okay, so know. the song is talking about. The airwaves are filled with repetition. They will waste your time. They've got you by their strings again tonight, so quick to find that dollar in the sky. It's, we're pumping out crap on the radio that all sounds the same for money. The corporations are greedy. Piracy doesn't fix that, though. I think they're philosophically, like, a ideal version of the song that actually talks about piracy it could be like, well, the radio doesn't play the music that we like, but now we have this other way to get the music that we like, and that is good, right? That could be a way this song could be going, and it would be good, and it doesn't do that. Yeah, I think it's just, it's a solution I'm not against. It's the wrong solution for the problem laid out. That is fair, but they don't even lay out the solution. They just don't no, talk about it. Yeah, they you're right. It's, it. it's an implication as well. It's nothing interesting there, too. Yeah. That's so, yeah. This is the, the, I agree. This is the second worst song of the record. Of course, the worst song is the ballad. Uh, yeah. I, I think, yeah. Yeah. We, we, we all agree on that. The worst song is the last song. It's the ballad. <laughs> we'll get to that. And part of me wonders, especially since the next second to last track is called Goodbye, if that wasn't the original closer and someone moved the ballad. Do you think the the Christian segment of the party just decided to sneak in the song as a closer? I don't know, because Goodbyes feels like a really good closing song. It's a little bit of a downer, but it's also fast, which gives it outro vibes. Mm-hmm. And it still feels like the rest of the record. Okay, let's go talk about Goodbye. Goodbye, my lovely wife. You're shaking restless inflats. Goodbye, my lovely wife. You're making dreams control the truth. Goodbye, my about goodbye i i don't I, I don't think this song is particularly remarkable but you liked it go on about it well no that's it i i think it's just it's more in line with the rest of the album it's quick it feels like an outro to me it's sub two minutes and it's it's got a bit of that hope but despair that some of their tracks are doing by the end of the record 
I think it's a better conclusion. Hey, you're, you know, goodbye my lonely life. You're making dreams come true. They're true. Great. That's it. It's a nice message. Have fun. But then we pivot from that into, do you have anything else about goodbye? No. Ah, you sound just as excited as I am to talk about over it. It's just so little that I can see through you and know it will end. The distance is secret is seeping out of my sky. I was over Yeah, go 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 for it. This is the this is the most Christian rock song of the record, which you know if it's your thing that's fine, but it's also a ballad, and you know what we think about ballads. This is the calling kind of bullshit. This is horrible. The singer is trying to show emotion on the song and he should not be doing that. It just sounds bad. It's a terrible song. It's shit. It's like Wherever you will go with a worse singer, um, go for yeah. it. Sing the, the big issue with a band that is keeping a pretty punk tempo and pace throughout most of the record. I would say most of these are pop punk at the least, if not full punk tracks. Okay, great. You can do that 90% of the time. I know you need to slow down in places. Control, to me, was the sound of them doing that correctly. This is the sound of them doing all of that so wrong. Because there's no energy here. It's like the end of the album is a My First ASMR video that's trying to put you to sleep at the end of this because, hey, hey, we're done here. We know it will end. This distance is secret. It's seeping out my skin, yeah. But there's no emotion. There's no passion. Everything feels like you juiced this track. You ran this through a food processor. And all that's left is the pulp sitting lifeless at the bottom of the Cuisinart. And then you put it on a record. Uh, are we done? Yeah, we're we're done here. Okay. Uh, where are your final thoughts on this record? Uh, this is interesting enough that I'm very curious what The Comfort of Home is going to sound like in two years, since it is basically their final album. Okay. Uh, but we'll get there. Yeah. I don't like this to any significant degree. I don't think this is a terrible record. I think uh, I don't like the vocalist. I think the mixing is terrible. I think the songwriting is not quite there yet. I'm curious to see, but there are like good bases. Like I like the 
there's a couple of good ideas on a couple of songs. I like the harder edge that they have. There are a couple of good songs. Uh, I, I, I want to see what they do next. I, I, I do think, I do think that better songwriting and better production could make them like good. Uh, for me, this is like a two point five at best. I just don't think it quite gets there. Two point five out of five. Um, yeah, not a fan. Whatever. Uh, next up, we're doing Mest with Adam. I don't know why Adam really wants to do Mest, but Adam apparently really wants to do wants to do Mest, so we're gonna do Mest. I don't know what Mest is at all. Me neither. However, it's alarming to me that when I'm typing in Mest into my search bar, uh, it does pull up random pages from a porn site. So I guess some tag. What? Flagged mest, and what? that's the only thing in my history that showed what? up. So I don't what? know. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm really scared now. Here, let me just type mest. Okay, what is one of these? Da, 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 da. Okay, yeah, it looks like it was just random tags on a site had the word mest in them. That's why. That 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 is weird. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. Let's, let's end this episode because I'm depressed and anxious and I'm flailing my hands because I this is what I do when I'm depressed and anxious. Same song, different chorus. So this was an episode. I I don't I I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to end the episode anymore. We have a website on the interweb internet on the the, the 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 communication that's all over the world and you access it through internet thing it's <clears throat> get out of it's get out of this town.com from that website you can go to our apple podcast and leave us review don't do like like the terrible person that left us a, a one-star review they're from canada I don't know who they are, but we have a one-star review. Not one-star review. They left us a one-star rating on the Canada uh, Apple Podcast. Don't do that. Don't be a Canadian. Um, <laughs> Sybil will just hate on Canada more now that that happened. I hate this. I hate this. I don't um, even hate Canada. You always make Canada jokes. I make Canada jokes because half of my exes moved there. Fair enough. <clears throat> so you're not only a Canada hater, you're also like a bitter ex. Good. Um. <laughs> <clears throat> wow, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know. You can go on that website and there's solar stuff. Sybil, do you have anything to plug? You can find me at hellscaper.com with links to this and other projects I work on. And while we do not have a Patreon, you can support us by um, come, come, come on a guest on our podcast. We're getting, we're about to get into an incredibly long string of extremely mid-looking records. So if you want to come on our podcast and talk about any of this record with us, and probably also talk about wrestling, um, yeah, you're, you're, everyone is invited. What do you mean extremely mid? We have uh. Mest! <laughs> Mest and Vendetta Red and Eve Six and Yellow Card. 
I actually like that one yellow card song. It is extremely mid. <laughs> and then a little after that, Coheed and Cambria. <laughs> For some reason! I don't know why Coheed and Cambria is there. They're not pop punk, but okay. Do you remember Ocean Avenue? Uh, he, had the, no. the, he had the cool video with like the spy thing, where like he ran and like there was this lady chasing him. Here's the thing. The only... The only yellow card song I know is the one that was in SSX3, Way Away, which is on this okay. album. I'm going to link you to Ocean Avenue. Way, 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 away from here. It's an extremely mediocre song, but I like it, and it has a cool video. Okay. Do-do-do. This video contains content from UMG, who has blocked it from display. <laughs> oh, just Google it. You'll find a version. Ah. <laughs> That's just incredibly funny to me that I click it and instantly get banned. Also, tell me if this doesn't sound like uh, someone took Sam 41 and made them more generic. Also, I'm gonna stop the recording. Goodbye! See ya! Bye! 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 This bye. I've got the time to stick around I'll catch my flight Like a pop pocket And get out of this town What's on your mind? There's no point left To keep your image down Let's terrify